Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about last night's 3-2 exhibition loss to the New York Rangers. The bigger story there was the performance of Jack Stanika, which we'll get into also going to answer a couple of mailbag questions and take a look around the NHL for some news and notes. Before we get to that, a sincere thank you to all those who make Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen of the day. Uh, you can, of course, subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins wherever you get podcasts. If you could kindly uh, do that, each episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially if you're an Apple user. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins on Instagram as well. Same handle, LockedNHLBruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. For those who may not know me, I am a lifelong Bruins fan. I've been writing about this team and about hockey in general for about 16 years. Uh, worked full-time in hockey media for The Score, which is a, a mobile app based up here in Toronto. I live about an hour west in Guelph, Ontario, which is home of the OHL's Storm. And I was able to cover the 2019 run to the championship for that team, focusing on NHL prospects for SB Nation blogs. I've been hosting this podcast now for two years, and I'm excited to continue the conversation here today. And let's talk about Jack Stanika, shall we? A lot has been made about his kind of off-season bulk up. He added 15 pounds to his six-foot-two frame over the off-season. He now checks in at around 196, and he showed on Tuesday just how much that increase in strength could help him take the next step in his career. He centered a line of Jesper Froden and Fabian Lysel, two players who are new to North America, uh, rookies at different stages of life. One's 18, one's 26. Uh, and Stanika picked up a goal, added an assist to go along with six shots and a plus two rating across about 17 minutes of ice time in the loss to the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. The goal came on a beautiful play. Uh, the primary assist went to Lysel, who continues to impress here in training camp and through the exhibition season. Um, Stanika said he thought he was able to throw his body around more when he was going through guys' hands on the back check and such. Felt that he was able to get in position pretty well. It's going to be a work in progress still, he said, but it's a different game that he's able to play now, just trying to bring more of an edge. Again, he pulled the Bruins uh, within a goal midway through the second period on that nifty feed from Lysel. Mike Riley started the play with a lengthy outlet pass through the neutral zone to Stanika, who found Lysel just inside the blue line, and then Lysel returned the favor to set up the goal. Bruce Cassidy said it was a good spot for Jack. Had a couple other chances around the net as well. 
Uh, there was a wraparound he got from Riley. A similar situation, getting through the neutral zone. So good for Jack in that regard. Uh, that line had the ability to create offense, and eventually they did, and uh, they did a good job. So yesterday on the podcast, I talked about how Cassidy had mentioned there was really only one spot open, and it's kind of a battle for the fourth line position at this point uh, with the top line well intact, Hall, Coyle, and Smith on the second line, DeBrusque, Howla, Felino on the third line, and then you have Frederick, Nozick, Lazar, Wagner, Kuhlman, and now Stanika battling for, like, um, yeah, the three fourth line spots and then the extra forward spot. In my mind, you know, Stanika losing out over a Wagner and a Kuhlman would be uh, crazy, and the decision may come down to contract uh, flexibility. Jack Stanika is waivers exempt, meaning he can be sent down to Providence without having to go through waivers. The same is not true of Kuhlman and of Wagner. So, you know, it's possible that Stanika could start in the AHL and be called up uh, where the Bruins don't want to risk losing uh, one of those guys off waivers. In my mind, it's worth the risk in order to get the best possible um, lineup on the ice for opening night. I don't think there's much of a risk of Wagner being scooped off off waivers. I don't think Kuhlman would be either. A team might take a chance on him, but uh, he hasn't proven to be like a consistent offensive threat. And uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I personally think at the moment, Stanika has done everything asked of him to be uh, taking that next step at this point in his career. I mentioned Lysel. He continues to impress and perhaps is making the decision to send him to the WHL a bit more difficult for Don Sweeney and company. Uh, Lysel said he was as comfortable as he expected to be, just tried to compete at all times, trying to keep up with the pace. Uh, both games he's played in, uh, as they've gone on, he thinks he's played better every period. That's what he's trying to do, compete, find open spaces to create chances. It's definitely a higher level than he's used to, but he's handled it pretty well in his estimation. And yeah, I mean, everybody watching can see that as well. He said he thinks that uh, Bruins are pretty happy with how he's played, that it's gone better than anybody thought, but it's still going to take a little while to get acclimated. It's smaller ice uh, than he's used to. Everyone is stronger, faster, read the game a bit quicker. And he's got to be more prepared for things to happen out there. Defenders have pretty good gaps. It's hard to create space for yourself. Just got to keep competing. Make every decision a bit quicker all the time. But he enjoys doing it. And he's handled it pretty well, he said. Stonika uh, played with Lysel for the first time. And he was impressed with the 18-year-old. He said he's a good player to be that age and to have the confidence and composure he has out there. Uh, you know, he said for himself, his first couple preseason games were very nerve-wracking, something you dream of your whole life, but he's a confident player, very fast, and they were able to keep up with each other out there. The chemistry uh, was good. So again, is the decision to send him to the WHL set in stone? Probably not, and the way that he has fared in camp and in these exhibition games, albeit against less than, you know, NHL competition. Let's be honest, these aren't NHL lineups. Uh, 
anything close to them, although there are NHL-level players in the exhibition. Uh, but we'll see if they stick to that plan to send them to the Western Hockey League or if they plunk them down in Providence. And uh, they also have kind of that 10-game measuring stick that they can use, keep him in the lineup for that period of time, and then decide to send him to the WHO. Um, it's going to be interesting for sure, and he's not making it any easier. I'll get to a couple other uh, tidbits from this game here in a moment, but first, again, I want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day. It really means a lot, all the people who tuned in, and please do subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, I recommend checking out Locked On NHL, as your second listen, or if you're interested in the Bru- uh not the Bruins, obviously, you're listening to that already, the Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, check that out as your second listen, and we have every other team across the NHL covered on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Today, I also want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirectStream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. The best part? There's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and you can celebrate the freedom of choice by putting together a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors if you do not yet have a favorite. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Now, not only are they great tasting, but they're also healthy too. Typical Built Bar has about 17 to 18 grams of protein, Calories ranging from 130 to 180, about 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Another guy that stood out in a positive way last night, was Yerho Vakaninen. He was a bit shaky, well, very shaky, against the Washington Capitals in the preseason opener on Sunday, but he was much improved against the Rangers and even scored the second goal for the Bruins in the second period. Stanika won an offensive draw to get the puck to the blue line, and Vakaninen unleashed a slapper from the top of the slot that cruised past uh, New York goalie Tyler Wall to tie the game at that point. Cassidy said, I thought against Washington, he slapped the puck around for a guy that's played games and has good idea of what to expect. Today, he had a bit more composure, helped his partner out a number of times to make a tape-to-tape pass, get us out of our zone, and it was nice to see him score. Uh, The other night in Washington, a couple shots got blocked. Uh, They were kind of weak wrist shots. We're encouraging the D, Cassidy said, to shoot the puck hard whenever possible. He shot it past the goaltender who saw the puck the whole way, and that's a good thing for Vac that way. In general, his mobility to get pucks, make an outlet, was better than in Washington, and that usually means he's engaged in the game better, more assertive, better gaps. That's when he has those opportunities. A guy like Vakaninen probably... 
well down the depth chart on the left side behind, of course, Grizzlick, Riley, Forbort, uh, Zborl, John Moore, kind of the sixth man up at that position, uh, unless they decide to go kind of a lefty-lefty combo on the third pairing. And so he's likely to start in Providence, but it was nice to see him make some improvements uh, as, you know, a first-round pick that's looking to make the jump. Speaking of first-line picks uh, looking to assert themselves, one of those is Trent Frederick. And Cassidy felt that the line of Frederick, Nozick, and Lazar had a pretty uneven night. They were the de facto top line in this one. Um, They have been together since the start of training camp. They appear to have the look of Boston's fourth line come opening night. Nozick making his Bruins debut, he had seven shots on goal in about 20 minutes of ice time. But Cassidy said that line can be better for sure. Those guys have been in the league a little more. The wingers uh, needs more out of the wingers. Freddie didn't move his feet nearly well enough to be effective. A couple chances off the rush got blocked because he didn't separate to create a little more time for himself. For a line that's going to be an ozone puck possession line, he wants them strong on the forecheck. Uh, there's some work to do for them. They lost the puck in the second period that led to Panarin's goal, where they just need to be a little bit harder on the puck. It was a bad line change as well that led to kind of a very wide open look for Panarin. Uh, they had their moments where they did attack, but other times they're going to have to work off each other better. Uh, the PK part of it was not bad, uh, but five on five, they're going to take another look at it, but room to grow for that line to learn each other's tendencies to control the puck better. So yeah, like again, like I said, that competition for the fourth line is wide open, and uh, this trio of Frederick, Nozick, and Lazar uh, penciled in at the moment to be that line, but uh, not a great showing against the uh, New York Rangers last night, and there could be some tinkering and perhaps some players on that line or shuffling among the bottom six to accommodate uh, Jack Stanika's improvement and prune out some guys who maybe haven't put in the work or who aren't showing that effort here in the preseason and in training camp. The Bruins actually have the day off today, so there will not be any on-ice sessions, uh, and they will next be in action on when's their next uh, preseason game? Tomorrow night at home against the Philadelphia Flyers, so maybe we'll see some of the more regular players in the lineup as teams generally um, start to play those guys more at home for uh, for the home crowd and save the uh, lesser, no, nah, let's not say lesser, but the uh, AHL-bound guys for, for road games. A couple of mailbag questions to answer this week. BruinsFan34 on Instagram asked, how many games do you think the Bruins will win, and do you think they'll make the playoffs? Well, yes, I do believe they will make the playoffs. Um, I do think it's going to be... Uh, a dogfight in the Atlantic Division. There's four very good teams between the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and our Boston Bruins. Of course, with the uh, whole crossover situation, there could be some uh, teams from the Metro who grab both wildcard spots. I don't think that would be the case here in the Atlantic Division, but you have teams like Washington, 
Pittsburgh, Carolina, the Islanders, probably those are the four teams locked into playoff spots there. Uh, maybe the Devils, Rangers challenging for a spot, the Canadians challenging for a spot in the Atlantic. Uh, but I do think the Bruins will fairly comfortably clinch a playoff spot. Uh, I don't think they will you know, win the President's Trophy or anything like that, but I could see them certainly uh, challenging for... 100 points and hopefully one of the uh yeah top two spots in the atlantic so they get first round uh home ice advantage in the playoffs but that's looking way far ahead hopefully they just get off to a good start here this season another question was sent in by well my wife as a joke she asked is the pope catholic I believe so, yes. I haven't uh, checked his official status lately, but I believe he is indeed Catholic. Um, and we have a question here. Do you personally feel Coyle has what it takes to be 2C? If not, will Stanika see time there? That was from uh, Prabjot Baines, who uh, I believe is in here at Guelph at the university. And I do... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I feel that he has what it takes to be 2C. I don't know if he'll be a high-end 2C. I do think that the presence of Taylor Hall on the left side will be huge, whereas before, you know, David Krejci was the star on that line and he was looking for some wingers. Now it's Taylor Hall who will star on that line and he has chemistry with Craig Smith already. And I believe that uh, Charlie Coyle can be a pretty good facilitator there. Would I be shocked if Jack Stanika jumps into that role at some point this season? Not at all, based on uh, the work he's put in and how well he's played so far in camp and uh, in the preseason. Thank you for those questions. Every Wednesday on Locked On Boston Bruins, we open up the mailbag. And uh, you can always send questions to Locked NHL Bruins on both Twitter and Instagram. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes right now are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football this season. They have a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Head to their website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit. Just for signing up, use promo code NFL100. They also have you covered for hockey, baseball, basketball, boxing, your favorite casino games. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. As always, let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. Yesterday, we learned that New Jersey Devils goalie Mackenzie Blackwood is currently unvaccinated leaving uh, open the possibility that he could get vaccinated at some point. He faces missing his club's road games in Canada if he remains unvaccinated throughout the season. I mentioned New Jersey as a possible playoff threat. Uh, if they are without their top goalie for a bunch of games, then that obviously lessens their chances, although they did bring in Jonathan Bernier uh, to help carry the load there. Um, so, yeah. He is one of the, I think Bill Daly said there was 10 to 15 players not getting vaccinated or 
yet, and he is one of them, which is, I mean, his choice, in my opinion, not a great one, and it's really affecting his team, uh, so I don't know. On the latest episode of 32 Thoughts, uh, the podcast, Elliot Friedman speculated that it could take the NHL stepping in to resolve the situation between the Buffalo Sabres and Jack Eichel over which medical procedure he'll undergo to repair a herniated disc in his neck. Uh, Eichel wants a disc replacement. The Sabres want a disc fusion. Uh, Friedman understands the NHL wants to protect the rules of the CBA, which gives teams control over the medical and health procedures of their players. Uh, Still, he feels it isn't a good look for the league to have one of its star players being held back from playing because they can't agree on a surgery. Uh, Really, it should be his choice as to what he wants to do. Uh, It's keeping him from playing with the Sabres, getting traded. Uh, It's likely going to keep him from playing at the Olympics. Uh, So really not a great look all around. Uh, Every team he suggested should be able to see Eichel's medical records uh, if he agrees to it before making a trade. It's difficult to trade a player carrying a $10 million per season contract, uh, especially when you don't have full information about his health status at the moment. Another cool tidbit from that podcast, I tweeted about it the other day, but Jeff Merrick mentioned uh, John Ferguson Jr., who has gone on to work with the Arizona Coyotes, but he uh, was a big um, believer in selecting Charlie McAvoy at the first round of uh, the draft back in 2016, and that was counter to what uh, a lot of his Bruins colleagues wanted to do. Apparently, the Bruins were all set to take Dante Fabro with the 14th overall pick the night before the draft, and Ferguson Jr. uh, convinced them to go with McAvoy, and the reason was because he and uh, Bob McAvoy, who is Charlie's father, uh, were good friends going back to their grade school days. They rode the bus together to school uh, on Long Island, where Ferguson Jr. was living, where when his dad was working for the New York Rangers, they had a plumbing issue. They called the McAvoy Plumbing Company, and uh, he became friends with uh, Bob McAvoy, who is Charlie's father. He therefore pushed for the Bruins to choose Charlie on draft day instead of Dante Fabro, and here we are now. Uh, obviously that was the right decision in retrospect kind of built upon nepotism but you know sometimes that works it's not always uh what you know but who you know and now McAvoy on the verge of challenging for the Norris Trophy and uh probably in line to make nine to ten million dollars on his next contract uh I doubt uh Ferguson Jr. will get any kickbacks from that but uh but who knows also One final note on the Bruins goaltending. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN uh, got some feedback from around the league, uh, from coaches, analytics people, former players, about the goaltending tandem rankings for this season. And he has the Bruins at 14th. A lot of that is due to the uncertainty of having basically two new goalies leading the way in Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Uh, Swayman's a rookie, 
of course. Small sample size, but he really played well. Allmark played very well for a pretty bad Sabres team. So things look like they'll be okay, but there's some uncertainty there. Of course, it's not like uh, we're entering with Rask and Halak, and you basically know exactly what it's going to be. Cassidy said it's going to be month-to-month performance-driven as to who starts. Uh, And, of course, Tuka Rask is looming in the background. uh, And Cassidy said it could get a bit sticky. And if it does, we have to do right by the guys who have signed here and we'll address it if it is. So I guess the idea is maybe that will kind of hang over these guys through the beginning of the season. Although Allmark said the other day that he's really just focusing on uh, his play, the team, and trying to make the best of this uh, new situation, this new opportunity for him. Uh, But I thought, yeah, that was interesting that they were so low behind uh, the Canadians, Price Allen, who are 12th. uh, Oh, sorry, Bruins ranked 13th, not 14th. Uh, Saros and Riddich in Nashville, 11th. Thatcher Demko and Yaroslav Halak in 10th. The top tandem was uh, Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin in New York. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you again for making this podcast your first listen of the day. And we'll be back tomorrow with more news and notes from training camp, all the latest on the Boston Bruins uh, here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. And uh, yeah, talk to you again tomorrow.